successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for listening today on 980 AM and on ITNC Podcast or at GrillNationShow.com. Appreciate you joining us today. I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the world and locally, and so uh, it's great to have you with us. I'm actually uh, doing the show today from home. Uh, I hope all of you are uh, spending some time with your family and getting work done as well as, as things have changed. And, and now in Kansas City, Missouri, at least, and a lot of the surrounding counties, there are is a stay-at-home order except for essential business uh, and, and, and grocery stores and whatnot. But we wanted to spend the show today uh, kind of talking about a lot of the things that are happening and potentially ways that you can you can help out and uh, get involved. And very excited to have on the show in our first few segments today, uh, Daniel Lehman, who is a, a marketing consultant, but she's also the creator of the Open Belly podcast, uh, and she's the creator of CurbsideKC.com. CurbsideKC.com is a way to support local restaurants during the COVID-19 outbreak. Um, she's assembled a pretty cool uh, website here, and so I wanted to have her on. One to talk about her background because she's got a really great podcast on Open Belly, but also talk to her about what she's seen out there and why she created this website. Uh, Danielle, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Okay, so first off, let's uh, let's talk about your background a little bit. Um, tell us our, our listeners. I know you've lived in other cities, but now you're back in Kansas City, or you're here now. Um, you've been working in uh, kind of kind of marketing world and, and, and entrepreneurial world for a while, and, and now a podcast. So tell us about your background. Sure. So I actually grew up in Hutchinson, Kansas. So um, grew up here in the Midwest, and then I moved to Southern California and lived in Los Angeles, Ventura County, and then most recently Santa Barbara for the last. Uh, 13 years or so, and then relocated to Kansas City about four years ago. So I've been in KC now for for four years. So my background has been in marketing and also product development. I worked for a number of startups in Southern California, um, worked for MySpace, had a lot of tech kind of experience. And then when I moved to Kansas City four years ago, um, I always had an interest in food and wanted to kind of bring all those skills together and come around the and so I launched the podcast about two years ago, um, really just to share the story of immigrant and refugee chefs here in Kansas City and to educate people about their food and their culture through storytelling. Mm-hmm. And we did a season of Open Valley here in Kansas City, and then we did a second season in New York. And we were actually getting ready to start production on season three um, right before the coronavirus outbreak happened. So that's been put on hold for a bit. Um, but yeah. And, and tell us about, tell us about, so you came from California, you moved back and I'm sure the food scene was a lot different and you, you thought there was a lot of untapped restaurants, maybe culturally that, um, 
that people really didn't know about. You, you heard a lot about the same kind of restaurants in the media, magazines, um, and that was kind of one of the reasons why you started Open Belly, kind of to highlight a lot of the restaurants that maybe are really, really good high-end restaurants as far as the food quality and the, and the people that run them, the entrepreneurs, but maybe weren't getting any coverage here locally. Yeah, I felt like there were a lot of cuisines that were being underrepresented in the media. Um, I think... Just a few examples, because I think that's really interesting about some of your guests. For example, Fanny's African Cuisine, um, which is located on 41st Century. Um, I think a lot of people don't know what West African Cuisine is, and they also um, weren't getting a lot of media coverage, but I think their food is really fantastic. And, um, you know, I think it's an opportunity for people to learn about a different culture through their food. And if you can just kind of educate people a little bit about what to expect when they come in and try that cuisine for the first time, I think people feel a little more comfortable about coming in. And then I think the story behind um, Fanny and her journey to the United States is really fascinating as well. So that was one of the, the one of my favorite interviews from the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another place that stood out was Mulder's High. I interviewed them right after they opened and they were struggling a little bit. Uh, to get the word out and to educate people about what Northern Thai cuisine was. And now, of course, they have a ton of, uh, a huge loyal following. They're a very popular restaurant. Um, not taking credit for that, but <laughs> <laughs> definitely was a cool experience for me to be a part of their early story. Uh, we're talking to Danielle Lehman. She's the host and creator of the Open Belly Podcast. She's also a consultant and has done a lot of the marketing uh marketing world throughout the country. Her her podcast is again is the Open Belly podcast. They're on Twitter at Open Belly and also on all the podcast channels. Um, they do a lot of cool stuff uh, to really kind of highlight uh, more things going on with food and to, to break down some comfort zones and to share the stories of immigrant chefs. You mentioned uh, you mentioned you went to New York to do this. Tell us about that experience because um, you know that that takes a leap to go there and, and do 10 more shows. Yeah. Um, I think the cool thing about doing a season in New York is that there is just so much more diversity in the food scene. In New York. We got to explore some really interesting cuisines there that we don't have access to here in Kansas city. Um, mm-hmm. And met some really incredible people. I think everyone's immigration story is also, I just wanted to be more, um, I guess, broad as far as being able to share this different, Path that immigrants take to, to launch a business in the United States. And so being able to show how that's different in a different city, I thought was really important. We've got about two minutes left, and I appreciate all the listeners. Uh, we are taping this via phone, uh, both from home and, uh, and, and recording it. And so uh, bear with us if there's any background noise. We're trying our best to, to present the show and to, to give you a great uh, Opportunity to connect with Daniel Lehman and Open Belly Podcast, and as well as Curbside KC. Um, we'll get to that in a second. Um, what you mentioned, you're going to have a third season. Now that's put on hold for the time being. Um, how are you spending your time these days? Is there anything that you can share with us besides uh, staying at home and, and trying your best to to survive? Yeah, so the Curbside KC project has been taking up a lot of time, but we've also been trying to do some other initiatives here in the community um, through Open Valley. So, for example, this week we're partnering with Chow Now, which is a local online ordering platform. Um, They're actually a national company, but they have a local office here. 
Openbellypodcast.com is the website, as well as curbside KC. You're listening to the Grill Nation show on 980 AM and on iTunes. We'll be right back after the break. I am your host, Jason Grill. Uh, thanks for joining us again on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast or at the website, grillnationshow.com. I have all of my guest information up on the website as well as uh, all of our old shows are linked on podcast there as well. If you want to listen on the website, it's a great place to go. You can connect with me on social media at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show on pretty much all the social media channels. Love to interact with you there. Uh, we are talking to the creator and host of the Open Belly podcast today. Open Belly is a podcast exploring America's vibrant and diverse food culture. If you want to hear the stories of immigrants and refugee chefs across America, including in Kansas City and in New York, check it out at openbellypodcast.com. Daniel Lehman is the creator and host. She's also a, uh, a entrepreneur and marketing consultant here in the local area, but also has uh, lived in Los Angeles and Southern California, done a lot of work there. She's currently helping uh, a lot of restaurants throughout Kansas City through curbsidekc.com. Uh, amazing website. I was pretty impressed, uh, Danielle, with how you kind of put this thing together. Tell us about how you did this because, I mean, I'm not a tech, tech guy really, but at curbsidekc.com, I mean, it's, it's a pretty legit website that you put up very quickly. Yeah, so a little over a week ago, I started hearing about a lot of our local restaurants starting to close their dining rooms and, and or at least start offering curbside takeout or delivery options that maybe they hadn't offered before. Um, but I, it was, I felt like it was difficult to figure out who was offering what, and I thought it might be helpful to start a database to show people exactly what each restaurant was offering. So I built a really simple website. I'm using an Airtable spreadsheet to manage all of the data. <clears throat> and I started with about 25 restaurants that I added myself, but there's a link where restaurants can add their own business. So now we have almost 1,100 restaurants, I think the last time I checked, that have added themselves to the database. So it's pretty comprehensive for the Kansas City area and just really just shows the restaurants who are open, if they're offering curbside takeout or delivery um, what delivery services they're on, how to contact them if you want to do curbside takeout, and just try to make it a really useful 
uh, centralized place for people to go and, and find out who's offering what. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty cool. I, I've never seen an Airtable before, so this is revolutionary for me. And the web, I mean, you, 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 the, the website is clean. You also not only have food options, but curbside Casey also has liquor options as well. I mean, that is still an essential business. I know some cities have tried to say it's not essential. They quickly change their mind. Denver did that the other day. But those people also have to remain in business. So you have a list by neighborhood, uh, by business, by, by liquor type. I mean, it's so well done. It's so well organized. I mean, for everyone listening, you know, Go to curbsidekc.com. Uh, it's just got it all. Uh, but you've included those as well, not just food. Yeah, so I heard from a lot of the breweries and wineries that they were starting to offer curbside pickup as well and um, wanted to make sure that they had a way to communicate with people too. So, yeah, we set up that separate database. Um, I was also thinking about adding a list of local farms that are doing CSA deliveries now to your door. Um, but Cultivate KC actually already had something started. So we are now linking to that as well from our site. So there's a lot of good resources for either takeout, liquor, or if you want fresh produce delivered right to your door, you can find that as well. Mm-hmm. And you have also on your on your uh, on your website, and, and again, anyone can can add that's a restaurant owner. You also have a highlights of some of the restaurants that you previewed on your Open Belly podcast, such as the Rieger, Waldo Thai, Surrey. Uh, you got all Pollo. I've been there. I think I pronounced that right. Uh, Ruby Jeans. Corvino, uh, you've got it all listed on the website as well. So it's really well done. Um, I know a lot of people started sharing with me a couple of weeks ago. I know you've been all over the media too. So that's kind of been interesting to see you pretty much on everything. So we're probably the last to, to get to the, to get to you, Danielle, <laughs> to interview you, but we only tape once a week, but you've been all over the place promoting this. Yeah, it, it definitely went viral really quickly. I didn't think that, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how many people would use it. Um, somehow the the media got a hold of it and then I just started getting call after call after call and it's been great. I mean I'm I'm happy that I can be useful right now. I think a lot of people are at home wondering what they can do to help and so I hope this can inspire people to even a small idea, you know, do something that might help some of their local businesses. What have you been hearing from uh, some of the restaurateurs about some of the issues they're having? I mean I'm assuming with the way things stand right now, according to what's going on in Kansas City, Missouri, that there is a stay-at-home ordinance through April 24th. Um, so I'm assuming most restaurant owners are predicting that or are, are looking towards kind of a, a change in their lives until at least May, I would assume, um, and, and trying to figure out their budgeting and trying to figure out how they're going to handle and help their employees. I mean, what, what are you hearing on the ground when you talk to these folks? Because I've seen a few people in the neighborhood. I've talked to a few restaurant owners and they're all kind of, seems to me there are a lot of them are in different spots based upon their size and their, uh, and their food, I guess, right now and what they do, what they actually cook and, and deliver. Yeah. Um, I've heard a lot of mixed feedback as well. I think almost everyone has had to lay off or furlough some amount of employees, if not everyone. I think some people were losing money by just being open, so they've decided to close for the remainder of the month. Um, Some people are trying to make it work on a really skeleton staff where they just have a couple of people working or really minimize menu, you know, shorter hours to try to make it work. But I think everyone is starting to see the impact this is going to have now where 
people are staying home even more this week now that the, the order is in place. So I, I think everyone's really uncertain and isn't sure if there will be some sort of bailout or financial assistance to, to help them keep going. Um, unfortunately, I think we will see a lot of these restaurants closing. And as much as it's been great for, for the owners to see the community come around and support them, I think it's going to take more than just some takeout orders and some gift card per, gift card purchases to help these people stay afloat long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've kind of heard a lot of the same things, and uh, you know, a lot of them are doing kind of uh, donation type stuff. Like you mentioned, the gift cards. I know one I saw this morning, Donatology, is is you can you can buy some donuts and send them to our nurses off or to a hospital, to a police station, to a fire station. I mean. They're trying to be very creative and also help the community. So, I mean, it really, you got to be entrepreneurial right now. There's no doubt about it as far as being a restaurant owner. And it really is just kind of, uh, I, I think that, I think that government at some level will come in and help with some of this stuff. But again, you know, it's, you got to be prepared. And I, I just worry that, you know, we, we could lose, you know, a, a high percentage of Kansas City restaurants that, like you mentioned on your radio show, are very, or your podcast are very valuable. Uh, when we need more options in Kansas City. I mean, you mentioned in New York, they have more diverse food scene. Obviously, they have more of a melting pot of, of, of residents in New York City, but that needs to, needs to continue, and I'm hoping that we, can, we all can band together and dig ourselves out of this because we do have a lot of good restaurant owners and restaurant tours in Kansas City. I know you noticed that since you've been here. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I think our we're actually really lucky here. We have a really great food scene, and I, I think it would be – really sad to see a lot of these places closed that are the heart and the soul of our city. So I'm hoping that we can figure out a solution that's going to help save these, these folks and their businesses. I know because I think once all this is said and done, it's going to be just, I mean, people are going to be antsy to get out there and go back to their favorite places. Right. I mean, you have to imagine that if it, it's going to be devastating for some people if their if their favorite restaurant closes after this is all over. Yeah, um, yeah, I hope people will keep supporting them through this for sure. And, and you know, you got kids in the house too now, right? And so with school being all digital or closed, essentially, um, I mean, parents are trying to figure out what the hell they're going to feed their kids uh, as far as, you know, what are you, where are you going for that? I mean, there's just, there's so many different variables with this now uh, that we really haven't seen before. Uh, Danielle Lehman is my guest on the Grill Nation show this segment. Uh, she's a marketing consultant and creator of Open Belly Podcast. I urge you to check it out. Uh, she's also uh, the creator of curbsidekc.com. They're helping support local restaurants during the COVID-19 outbreak. They have everyone listed uh, for food options, essentially, and everyone for liquor options and how they're all handling the crisis as far as delivery, carry out, if they're open. Uh, you did mention that some restaurateurs have chosen to actually close Uh for the next couple months, or at least for the, the month currently, because it's it's more costly to leave them leave them open. I mean, is that something that you you know that you think is more widespread than not? I mean, I, I figured most of them were just doing carry out right now or delivery options. I think we're going to see more of them closing down completely, temporarily at least. Um, I think a lot of them are trying to make the best of carry out and delivery, but they're seeing that they're not able to do enough volume to make it worth it for them to be open. And I think a lot of them are, are grappling with whether or not it's the responsible thing to do to be open for their staff and also for their customers. So I, I do think over the next couple of weeks, we'll see more places closing down completely. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully they're able to reopen once the, the order is lifted. Mm-hmm. 
Um, okay, we got about a minute left in the segment. Um, okay, so give us some of your favorite places that you've had uh, curbside takeout or delivery so far since we've been under the uh, stay-at-home ordinance. So I, I've been eating a lot of curbside <laughs> We all have. We're all, <laughs> all going to have the coronavirus 15, they're calling it. Uh, we're going to be eating nonstop, but go ahead. Yeah. Uh, some of my favorites have been Waldo Thai, of course. Um, Corvino is doing sandwiches right now, starting at like $7 in sides. It's a really simple menu, but everything there has been delicious. Um, the Antler Room is also doing sandwiches to go as well. Um, they make their own milk bread in-house, and it's fantastic. Uh, Bella Napoli is always a go-to for us for some kind of comfort pasta food. Brookside mm-hmm. Poultry for your fried chicken fix. Um, Heirloom Bakery for your morning coffee and pastries. I mean... You got it all. I mean, I've, I've been I've been kind of wanting pasta, and I've lived close to that uh, to the uh, Bella Napoli, so maybe that'll be a uh, a fixture at my house. Daniel Lehman is the host of Open Belly Podcasts around Latin at openbellypodcast dot com. I would urge you to listen to it. She's she's kicking butt with curbside KC to help dot uh, com to help all of our restaurant tours here. Uh, Danielle, congrats on all your success. We're glad to have you in Kansas City. Please don't leave again. And thank you for all of your work and what you've been doing here in Kansas City. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. We'll be right back on the Grill Nation show after the break. Thanks for joining us today. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body. It drops. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast or at our website, grillnationshow.com. Uh, really enjoyed our first few segments of the show today. Again, we are taping the show via phone today in our home studios and home offices. And so I appreciate the uh, your time and I appreciate if there's any background noise uh, bearing with us today. Uh, our next guest is George Costello. He is the Head man at Union Station. He's the uh, president and CEO at Union Station in Kansas City, a, uh, a major leader in our city and a guy that we've had on the show, but it's been many years. I wanted to have him on today. I appreciate his time to kind of talk about uh, the new world order, I guess, at, at Union Station and how he's kind of adjusting and, and what he's seeing out there. Uh, George, welcome to the show. First off, introduce yourself to our listeners uh, and, and let's kind of let's kind of go through some of your background. I know you've been a leader at different organizations in town, but have been the president and CEO of Union Station uh, since 2008, I believe. Yep, joined in 2008, uh, right at the time of the last uh, economic crisis and challenges. So it's always uh, an opportunity to lead during challenges, especially at non-profits that have a long history in that community. So it hasn't been the first time, and I hope it will. I hope it will be the last time uh, during these times of crisis. I know, and you mentioned that 2008. You're right. That was the last financial crisis. Um, catch us up to where right. you're at from Union Station's perspective. I know you have an update on your website at unionstation.org uh, uh, regarding the COVID-19 response. Where do things stand as far as as Union Station at this point? I know there's offices in there. There's restaurants. There's there's attractions. There's all kinds of stuff. Um, where are you guys at right now? You know, when you think of Union Station, um, we, have, we are a multifaceted uh, non-for-profit. You know, we're a 501c3, and as many in the community know, we, 
we don't receive any federal, state, or tax dollars. We operate solely on earned income. So as of weeks uh, ago, when um, we when the community was uh, asked to to respond to this disease, um, we were asked to uh, limit it to 250. So we had to close our largest uh, attraction, at uh, least put it on on hold for uh, for a significant amount of time. So Science City had been placed on um, lockdown, and that's a major rev- revenue source for us, as well as our movie theaters, as well as our touring exhibitions. So all revenue. Uh, earned revenue has kind of stopped. And uh, we also have a significant number of tenants um, at the Chamber of Commerce, uh, the Kansas City Election Board, um, Amtrak, the Post Office. Many are uh, vital services to our community. So those must remain open, such as the Post Office and uh, Amtrak. And then we have restaurants, independently owned small businesses that are trying to survive and they're doing curbside services. So we're balancing these challenging times because we're just not a business or just not attraction. So we're a transportation center. You guys, you guys got so many, right. You've got so many different things under that roof. Right. And our doors are open. So, and we have many doors that are open. So now what we're trying to do, and I think I hope our, our, all of our listeners had a chance uh, on Sunday when the leaders on both sides of the state line came together in a point of unity, which I think was a historic moment in history for Union Station as well, where all of the mayors and county leaders on both sides of the state line stood uh, in one unity uh, under the arch at Union Station, under the clock and then implemented this stay-at-home uh, ordinances on both sides. I think, I think the, the, the visual uh, to our community of unity, I think, it is what Union Station has done for nearly 105 years. Uh, we, we have become, the, I believe, the visual icon in the heart of the community. So as we stand, I hope that sends a message to our community of hope and, and strength. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate that information because it's good to know that obviously the post office remains open. The the restaurants in there are kind of, we, we had a guest on earlier that talked about all the different curbside issues. Uh, she she uh, set up curbsidekc.com. So I'm assuming a lot of your tenants might be on there as well. If they're offering delivery and curbside and also, um, and, and, and all the different things that are happening with the uh, chamber of commerces and, and the different folks that are located in your building um, have offices there. Uh, you know, obviously, the, the ongoing best practices are, are taking place, as you can find at the website, unionstation.org, regarding, you know, the, the things that we've heard many times about social distancing and about uh, washing your hands and, and, and whatnot. So, yes, yeah, so yeah, I think that's really important. You know, when right. you think of the significant number of access points, you know, our first and foremost responsibility is to ensure that the historic structure of Union Station and its 850,000 square feet is maintained and is secure and here for when we reopen. And that's first and foremost, we must protect uh, the safety and health of everyone that comes through our doors. So we've limited um, access to so we can increase 
our visualization of, of individuals that come into our, our building to help mm-hmm. and protect. So, for example, the uh, link between Crown Center and Union Station um, has had to be curtailed and closed in order that we can keep focus of the Grand Hall and keep our security there. And uh, recently, we have now limited access to the front of the building so that the only access to uh, the building is on the west side. We still have access to the building for those tenants that need to be in this experience. So then, so when, when our guests come uh, for those specific uh, requirements, i.e. the post office or Amtrak, mm-hmm. um, they enter from the west of the building so that our security can be present and assist. And then really everything else uh, in our building is limited access. Um, Our tenants have access to the building, but through a secured entrance with badges. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's very helpful to know. Much much different than a regular office building or a movie theater. Uh, We have to try to balance all of those. And I think we're doing, uh, I think our team is doing an outstanding job. And, And I think it's most important that we put our community first and the health of our people in our community. At, at Paramount in the center of this uh, crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, George Gastello is our guest on this segment. He's uh, president and CEO of Union Station. Their website is unionstation.org. They have information about everything that's going on with uh, the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19 response, their preparation, and, and their prevention uh, as far as a, a building there. Uh, George, how many people uh, on average usually go through that through Union Station on a normal day? I mean, it, it, it seems to me that you you have so many more people going through there, especially during the Chiefs uh, playoff run than, than I've ever seen, potentially. Well, you know, we do about 2 million people a year uh, that come through the station and experience it for multiple events. Now, uh, we're starting this year, that number was going to be pretty dramatic, much higher than what it had been in the past because of the Chiefs uh, celebration. Uh, very mm-hmm. rarely do you get you know, celebrations of a million people. So that would have boosted our numbers up pretty dramatically this year, but obviously we'll see some challenges. Um, I think it's really important. The numbers of people that we, we see are a diverse group and, and have come from many backgrounds, from people, individuals wanting to use the post office to run their business, to those that want to get to another location, through Amtrak, um, you know, utilizing it through streetcar or for our restaurants. So, so we're trying to balance all of those. And I think what we're doing, what we try to do right now is we're trying to have a virtual presence to the community and keep our brand alive uh, so that people know that this is a place to come. During the Chiefs, we had over 10 million engagements on our social channels uh, right. and people were sharing happiness. And so we want to make sure that those social channels are open so people can share their thoughts and their memories. Uh, we put up a very interesting uh, video just recently from the 100th anniversary a few years ago where Joyce DiGonato from uh, the great opera singer sang at our 100th anniversary somewhere over the rainbow. And we put that up as a memory to say, Union Station has been here for 105 years. We've been through every war. People walk through our buildings uh, during war, leaving for war, coming back. Bodies had come back. Families had been met. We'd been there with great celebrations, such as the Chiefs and the Royals. And, and in the end, uh, we continue to represent the community's virtual hope. And that's what, what our hope 
and a willingness to do so. I hope people go out and watch that. And then we're, we're posting pictures of history over the years of how Union Station was here. And that really just embodies our community, how our community was here supporting each other. And it's so uh, encouraging to see people posting their wedding pictures, posting their Christmas pictures, posting those uh, I Heart Mahomes pictures, and then sharing what it means to be a Kansas City and with one another. And that gives us, I believe, hope when we're all locked up at home and, and trying mm-hmm. to make sure our family is safe and healthy. Uh, and then we're also. And that's on your Facebook page, George, right? Union Station KCMO on Facebook. Uh, right. You can watch these videos, and I know you have the header Kansas City Strong on there. Uh, yeah, you can check all that out on the Facebook. Oh, I know you have Instagram as well, and, and I know you have everything Twitter. You guys are all over social media. Yeah, we do. We have almost 350,000 followers on social media. So it's a pretty significant market. Uh, so at any one time, we can have you know, upwards of half a million to a million people on there. And then the other part of our, our key um, Hey, George, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me break yeah, you there. Sorry. I'm, I'm going to go to a break sure, real quick. We'll be back for a quick yeah. segment with George Gostell, who's the president and CEO of Union Station. Appreciate him joining us. I know he's a busy man. Uh, you're listening to the Grill Nation show here at 980 AM. And if you're joining us on podcasts via iTunes, we greatly appreciate it. We are, uh, we're keeping the show going and hopefully you're enjoying it today uh, as we're all working from home. We'll be right back after the break. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here at 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast. Our final segment of the show today, we're on the phone, we're taping from home. Um, really appreciate our guests for making time today uh, as well here on the Grill Nation show. George Gostello is back with us. He's the president and CEO of Union Station here in Kansas City. Uh, George, I had to cut you off there, but you were talking about some of the other things that you all are doing right now uh during uh the uh, coronavirus and uh, COVID-19 uh a, a pandemic here in, in our in our country um I think you were going to talk more about some programs with Science City that you're you're putting together yeah well one of our big uh, missions is to do lifelong learning so not only are we a place to gather people which is our primary mission but we're also our other primary mission is lifelong learning and nearly 350,000 people come to our science center each year. We just opened up a new children's museum. The day we were to open up our new four, uh, $8 million children's museum, we were had to close. So we're ready to open, uh, but we, we, are, we are working virtually. Our, our professional team and our educators are putting up programming right now on our unionstation.org site and our sciencecity.com site where they can, parents can go and find daily activities things to do, um, hands-on learning in their home, not coming to Science City, but still providing that uh, experience because that's very important for parents and for everyone. Um, you know, Hopefully, we, we have a chance to provide that information as well as historical information and, and memory information. And that's the time you have to show the stories of the future, for the, of the past, for those of the future. Our goal is to ensure that we are open for the next hundred years, and that's what we're doing right now to maintain our building and to ensure that we are being the most economically feasible and controlling our expenditures and heating and cooling and, and all of those operational expenses. 
So, George, if I go to unionstation.org, I can find the parents' uh, teacher programs, essentially, for Science City on the website. Some of the things. Yeah, you so you, yeah, exactly. If you go to Union Station, then you click on Science City, and it'll take you to the Science City site, or you can go to sciencecity.com. Okay. Um, you know, you guys have been going, you mentioned this in our last segments, for, for a long, long time. You've been through wars. You've been through pandemics. You, you, you mentioned uh, off-air. I mean, 1918, you guys were established at that point. Uh, during the yeah, last we, major major issue like this, one of them. Right, and uh, you know we we opened in 1914. So you go go study all the history. We've been through the depression. We've been through World War One. We've been through the 1918 Spanish flu. We've been through World War Two, uh, Vietnam, Korea, and Desert Storm. And we've mm-hmm. been through the 20. Uh, and eight, uh, 1987 crash, the 2008 problem, we've been through 9-11, and yeah. each time the station continues to, to stay stronger. We're, you know, we, we've survived it all, and I think it's not necessarily about us. I think we are the image of Kansas City. So when I say Union Station, I really believe it's Kansas City. Because we are the home, the front door, the living room of our community. But I believe, I believe the community see, sees us as a visual beacon to our community. Uh, when we started to have that challenges, uh, uh, when, when, when it became apparent that we were going to have to do some challenging decisions to keep people at home, you know, we lit our building red, white, and blue. And we stand out and we said we stand with our community. And that has become an image for the community to stand behind and say, you know, if the union station's there and it's bright, our, our grand lady is proud and our, our home is, is safe. And that's what we want to continue to project to our people and to our employees. And, and if I end, I, I should have started, but most importantly, all of our, all of our hopes and dreams and prayers are for the safety of, of our community and our family and our friends, and especially for the first responders and the health individuals that are really trying to keep us safe. Those are the most important in this time of crisis, and, and those are the people we send our prayers out first and foremost to. Right. Great, great, great way to mention that for sure. Um, okay, when, when, what other programs? I know you, you constantly have stuff going on as far as exhibition, uh, ex- exhibitions, event spaces, and whatnot. I know that once the next, hopefully, uh, shorter time we'll get through this, you guys are going to be having those people coming through your doors again for, for major exhibitions and events and whatnot. Um, are there any that potentially that you want to talk about uh, who that, that potentially could be coming up later this year or, or people can get excited about? Hey, we have a $8 million new children's museum. It is absolutely spectacular. And thanks. So for where is that? Where is that in the union station? We have, we have expanded nearly 13,000 square feet for our earliest of learners from zero to seven or from birth to seven years old. And the spaces are spectacular. Um, we had test marketed it for two months uh, before we uh, had to close. Um, has seen little kids gave us great hope. And, and so that will be, that is ready. We are at the start. We were ready, set, stop. And we're at the starting <laughs> yeah. line. And the minute, uh, we were getting ready to do our ribbon cutting. The minute this is over and the minute we get the green light, that will open up to our earliest of learners in Science City. Will be a beacon of fun and happiness. Uh, you know, of course, we've we've had to to close and pause, 
Genghis Khan, it, it'll be leaving our touring exhibition because uh, uh, during the 30 days, that was the time frame that it was to close. So that won't, but we are working on, we had another major exhibit coming to the United States, uh, to Science City, uh, to the station, that's Vikings. So okay. if you look on our website, you'll be hearing about Vikings, which will be coming. Now, of course, we're, we're working diligently to get it here and transportation issues and how does it come from a foreign country? Those are all issues that we're working diligently to get happening, but we're really excited about that. So by the time this passes and hopefully in the summer, we'll be ready to open. Uh, we'll have uh, interactors and, and the ability to get there. So we hope once this has come to an end, or at least there's a, a vision to the future, we're ready to open and we're ready to open strong with activities and get people back to Union Station and get get the community back under the clock to celebrate that we beat this. And that's, that's what our, our vision you gotta is. Tell you, you're going to have so many people that want to get out of their house by the time this rolls around, George. I mean, yeah. you, you might have your, you might have as many people as you've had in a long time. I mean, we won't probably reach chiefs, uh, chiefs numbers, but we'll reach high numbers. I know you're creative about a lot of things that you do over there. And then of course, I know you're competitive for all these exhibits and some of the best in the world. So I can't imagine we're, we're, that people won't be flooding your doors here when we're able to again. <laughs> yeah. and, and, well, you're right. And, and our, our, on the other side is our business side, and that's what we have to do right now to get us through to get to that point. So, you know, you'll, you'll see us doing um, probably some of the most energy management efficient situations in Kansas City. You know, we, we have almost, uh, you know, $100,000 a month in utility bills just to heat and cool that monstrous building. Mm. So we're, we're really focusing on that to reduce expenditures because as much as I love energy, we need those funds, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and you know, we, we, we've been, we've been working really hard over the last several years to make Union Station solid and strong and have its maintenance all organized. And now, you know, we're there. So, but, you know, we've got to work even harder to ensure that we're ready to open. And if people are interested in supporting the mission of Union Station, you know, go out and get your buy your membership early. Uh, that always will help us and help our associates as we move forward because we have to be ready when we open the door with the best and the best that we can be. You um, and then you, you can also, if, if you're at home and you, you feel down and you want some happiness to look at, Go online and buy that Chiefs poster for twenty five dollars. <laughs> That'll help, George. Us, and we'll do, we'll direct mail it to you. George Costello, President and CEO of the Union Station here in Kansas City. Thanks for all you're doing, and thanks for your time today. And I appreciate you taking some time to jump on the phone with us. Good luck to you, and let us know if we can ever help you out again. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Jason, for calling, and appreciate what you're doing for our community. Have a thank great you, one. Sir. You too. You've been listening to the Grill Nation show here at 9 a.m. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you again next week. Take care.